Coming to you live from our NBA Draft Bunker. Sorry, LaVar, you're not invited. This is Burgers and Brats with your hosts, Braxton Poe and Matt Marks. Well, hello, everyone. I'm Matt Marks, and we've got a special episode for you today. It's our NBA Draft Preview Show. I've got Braxton Poe here with us, the man with the hottest takes in Norman, our good friend Jacob Clements. Glad to be back. You might remember him from the legend of Cookie Town, Oklahoma, the greatest basketball player to ever come from Cookie Town. Caleb Boydston, and we got another special guest. He's been working for the University of Oklahoma men's basketball team for a couple of years now, the great Trevor Rowland. Yeah, well, it's good to see you guys. So a lot is happening in the last couple of days, last 24 hours. The first thing, Mike Conley traded to the Utah Jazz for Grayson Allen, Kyle Korver, Jay Crowder, and the 23rd pick and a 2021st pick. Y'all, what are, what are your thoughts on this? Trade. I mean, the the Jazz got they didn't get better at all. I don't I don't know why they did this. They gave up way too much for Mike Conley, who's aging. Like, why Jazz? You're you're already awful. So why do it? I actually disagree with you, Braxton. Mike Conley's coming off of his best individual season that he's had, where he's averaging twenty one point one points. And if anything, I'm wondering why Memphis didn't get more. I think Memphis could have at least gotten another couple of picks. Well, of course he was averaging 21 points a game. Who else was going to shoot the ball? Okay, yeah, it is Memphis, admittedly. But at the same time, I think his skill set will perfectly translate into Utah's skill set, who is trying to keep Donovan Mitchell on his rookie contract and win now and trying to convince him to be like, well, okay, you can win here in Utah. You need to stay. And I think Utah is basically, if the Warriors decline how we think they are, um, Utah, in my opinion, will make to the Western Conference Finals at some point in the next couple of years. I'm with Jacob on this one. I think this makes the Jazz a top three contender in the West. Definitely behind uh, the Nuggets there, obviously, and the Warriors are still going to contend with the rest of the Western Conference, but I think this puts the Jazz on the right track. I'm also on Jacob's side, which is shocking for me to say. With the demise of the Warriors and the finals of this year, the Western Conference is wide open. And we all knew that the Jazz were struggling with the poor guy position with Ricky Rubio. Uh, they got a major upgrade in Mike Conley. Even though they're losing a couple picks, they are in a win-now mode, so it's best for both well, And they're losing Corver. So okay, yeah. Corver's like oldest pack, though. He's, what, 38? And also... He still drops. Okay, yeah, but at the same time, you know, Mike, Mike Conley's, Conley is a difference maker for the How old is Mike Conley? 32 and 31? He's still got, five, he's still got five years yeah, left. Yeah, five prime he's years. Still got some years left. Oh. It's going to be weird seeing Conley not with Memphis because that's where he's playing his entire career. I mean, to work yeah. for Marcus All, you got to change this shit. Why not, it, Mike, why not Mike Conley now? Well, that's very true. Also, at the same time, too, you honestly might have thought, you know, Mike Conley might have been, for lack of a better term, Memphis's dirt. Just stayed there. I mean, that was kind of rude. <laughs> well, like he's a human being. I know where you're going with that, but that's a <laughs> you know, like, okay, that's a like, stretch. You know, in the best of times and the worst of times, like you think he would have stayed with Memphis. And admittedly, it wasn't his decision, but you think Memphis would have valued that loyalty as well. I think it's a business, so. It is a business at the end of the day. I think he wanted to stay in Memphis, but once they knew that they were going through this rebuilding, he didn't want to be part of it anymore because he wants to win. And you can't blame him. Oh, yeah. Memphis isn't going anywhere for a while. If you've ever been to Bill Street, you know you never want to go back. They're in a full rebuild. Yeah. I still don't see the Jazz going anywhere. Portland. Those are the two. Wow. Um, and then you got Houston still. And then the 
Warriors. Right. If you haven't been watching Houston at all the past couple of days, they're having more drama than yeah, the high school right junior now, high, the junior oh, high girls basketball team. They're still going to win. I've heard, I've heard both sides of this. I've heard CB3 and James Harden are beefing, and then Stephen A comes on first take this morning and says that none of it is real. He talked to CB3 last night, and it's all a sham. This might be a scenario I agree with Stephen A. Smith. So, honestly, like I think I honestly think a lot of this has just been fabricated. I mean, Mike D'Antoni is still in contract talks with Houston. Um, Chris Paul even commented on Instagram on a post about, hey, this is news to me on this whole, you know, beef thing. Um, I, I'm more inclined to believe Chris Paul and James Harden. So the Grizzlies finished last season 33-49, and 49, so they've got a lot of work to do. Now, another trade just broke. Um, you know, just a while ago, the Pistons trading John Lear to the Bucks for Tony Snell and the 30th pick in the NBA draft. Thoughts on that? Wait, who? Yeah, exactly <laughs> what is this? Right? Yeah. <laughs> why, why do we care? Well, at the same time, I think it gives Detroit another pick where they can at least try and find a diamond in the rough. And I think the clear goal for Milwaukee was to clear out salary cap. Snell's uh, salary was $12 million, um, over this next year. And you know, I think now this gives them the cap space that they need to sign for and the Chris Middleton opted out of his contract earlier today. So yeah. Chris Middleton is going to be one of the least talked about free agents that's going to make the most of it next year. Yeah, he will. I mean, he can go in. He's a 3 and D kind of a player. Uh, he's going to get a lot of max uh, extensions. It'll yeah. be interesting to see if Milwaukee offers him the max if they try to get him to yeah, he deserves, sign for less. He deserves a lot he's more. definitely going to get max offers. Yeah, I feel like he's going to go back to Milwaukee. And from what I've seen, they're really, I mean, they're trying to keep that entire core. Because, I mean, 60 wins last season. Yeah, yeah. Because as long as Dante leaves, leaves Park, if he leaves, they're going to the finals no matter what in the East. Yeah. If they can keep everything together. That's yeah. Because they have four key players all over for agency. For sure. So a lot of, and we'll see what happens, uh, more trades coming. So one question I want to, uh, you know, talk about. So John Moran, okay. Can he be the man to change that Memphis basketball? I mean, 33 wins last season. You know, they're, they're struggling. It's going to be a big rebuilding mode. Can he be the guy now taking over for Mike Conley um, and, and change that organization? He could be the starting point. There's, he needs more help. Yeah. In how deep the Western Conference is now and how bad the Grizzlies are. They have Jaron Jackson and Mike and uh, John Moran. They need more. They need a few more years. Yeah, they need more people. They're not making the playoffs next year. I don't see them. They're not making the playoffs for the next four or five years. No. John, I agree with Kale as a starting point. Um, there's no way you can have an army of one, though, especially in the West. Maybe in the East where you can kind of get away with it a little bit, where you can have like one star player, um, but not really, you know, anything outside that. I had to call LeBron out. <laughs> okay, in the West well, one year, missed the playoffs. Yeah, well, I think it says a lot about LeBron, but, um, you know, I really think he's a starting point. But well, I hope be the they're going to have to they're going to have to get more people over the next couple of years, or potentially, you know, get more. Um, you know, even with that twenty three pick, that might help them out a little bit. But no, I mean they've only got one draft pick this year, number two. So um, it's obviously going to take a little bit more time for them to get back on track. Well, they did. They got in the trade today. They got the twenty third. So. They've got yeah. two picks, yeah. I mean, I mean, you're giving your difference maker, and then you're going to get someone later on that hopefully could be a complimentary yeah, piece. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Jaw is not a LeBron, he's not a Zion, he's not a KD, so he can't bring total dominance to that team yet. Yeah. Well, by himself. Speaking of Zion, too, so of course, going number one, 
Um, what challenges and pressure do you think he's going to face in New Orleans? I mean, now he is replacing the icon, Anthony Davis, who was traded to the Lakers. So now where do you see – I mean, Zion, is, I mean, he's, he's going to have a lot of pressure. I mean, all eyes are on him. To, he's the next LeBron James, right? So what, what do you see from Zion, and what is he going to have to do to get the Pelicans to be a playoff contender? I mean, I think with that young four that they got from Los Angeles – um, New Orleans did. Um, I think this is kind of the perfect environment for Zion to potentially grow into the role a little bit. Um, I mean, if you think about it, you know, Pelicans, you know, maybe he literally said, hey, I want out. And so at that point, I think a lot of Pelicans fans lost the expectations. That's kind of what to expect from the team. I think, you know, give him a year kind of develop with that young core, and then after that, I think um, once he gets really settled into the role, role of being the number one guy, that'll help. Well, the Pelicans are the Knicks of the West. They've got a lot of problems. But this trade, they got the most they could for Anthony Davis. Setting up Zion for a successful future to team it with teammates to build around. The greatest point guard of all time, according to LeVar Ball, Lonzo. <laughs> so, some solid role players. If Zion can turn into the next LeBron James, it could be a team to reckon with for the next 10 to 15 years. I mean, I don't think they're as bad as the Knicks. Maybe the Cavs, but not the Knicks of the West. I think if anything, that's the Suns, but... Uh, they're both just I mean, garbage they're, organizations. Yeah. They're probably getting 20 wins this year, honestly. The Pelicans team isn't going to go far this year. Uh, Not with that Bonds, Laker, old Lakers. They're, just, they're, they're young. This yeah. roster just sets up for Zion to be able to come in and be the alpha dog right away. Yeah. I mean, the season's going to go how Zion goes. Right behind if he can, Lonzo, of course. If he can show that he's capable of leading a team, then, I mean, it's his rookie year, but we've seen rookies do it before. I expect good things that was around and potential playoff And you got who just Ooh, opted out of his contract? contract in America. Julius Randle. Yeah, Julius Randle. He opted out, so they don't have to. He's These bombs are coming back to the New Orleans. I'm out, man. He doesn't want to play with them. Yeah. Why does he not want to play with Lonzo? Come on. <laughs> oh, come on. You don't want LeVar shouting at you on the sidelines about how you're making his son trash. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. All right, the next point I want to talk about. This was some big news. So the Cleveland Cavaliers. So over this offseason, they hired former Michigan head coach John Beeline. He becomes their head coach. And just about a week ago, they hired UC Berkeley's women's coach, Lindsey Gottlieb, to be his assistant coach. And that was, that's pretty big news because there are very few women serving in the NBA right now. Do you think there's a change now that we'll see more college coaches jumping to the NBA? And especially will we start seeing more women's coaches join as assistant coaches and maybe as a head coach? Oh, yeah, I definitely think next 10 years there'll be a women's head coach for sure. Mm -hmm. Definitely. It's already turning in that direction with Becky Hammond on the Spurs and now this uh, right here. So, I mean, it's already turning in the right direction. I think What's going to happen first, a woman president or a woman head basketball coach? Oh, we're, uh, taking the, we're taking a bet right now. Uh, well, yeah, uh, that's, that's a good topic us. right now to raise. Uh, <laughs> you know? That might that be addressed in a later podcast. But yeah, Becky Hammond, is, she's the lead assistant for the Spurs, so yeah. once Pop is gone. You wonder if she will take Pop's place when he retires. I don't I don't I, see a woman ever becoming a head coach for a basketball team. Really? I don't I just don't. Didn't she win the D-League last summer? That's not NBA, it's D-League. I mean, it's still the NBA. It's the minor league. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. was D league, won a championship, came in and won a championship. I, just, I think I wouldn't be surprised if it never happened in our lifetime. I just don't see it happening. Just the. I think it'll happen eventually. The gender differences yeah, are there. The Spurs are always on the forefront of change, so if there's a team yeah. that's going to do it, I think the Spurs She's lead assistant right now. So once Pop is gone, I'm pretty sure. 
Still have a shot at that. And watch what's happening in Cleveland too. You know, mm-hmm. Lindsay Gottlieb, if she is really gets some high remarks in the next couple of years, she could be a very big leading candidate for to be a head coach somewhere. So she's a, she's a really great tactical mind, and that's why I love that hire. Let's be honest, and they're all better than Billy Donovan. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I will definitely agree with that. Caleb and I are actually bringing a lot tonight. This is amazing. Uh, but I was going to say, in general, I think, you know, for these bottom-tier teams, you're going to start seeing them turn to, you know, coaches from the college ranks because they're just like, well, obviously, you know, kind of the coaching cycle of the NBA isn't working. Well, that's happened every um, year. It's good they, you know, Tyron Lue, for example, um, you know, I really think that coaches from college come up to the, to the NBA even more. And you see the NBA looking for younger coaches. Now, John Beeline's in his 60s, so that's not going younger, but he's got the track record, and this is a guy that has, is making the jump late in his career. But what he's done is Michigan has been phenomenal. I mean, he gets him deep in, in the tourney every year. So yeah. um, he's earned it, and he's got a young core in Cleveland to you know try to make some ha- things happen, and they need it. They were one of the worst teams last year, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Any other thoughts on, on this topic before we move on? Good. All right. So, NBA draft lottery happened last month, and you know everyone thought, okay, you got New York, you got Phoenix, and you got the Cavs. One of them is getting the number one pick. Hey, they may get the one, two, and three pick. You know, um, but that's not how it went down. Everybody, give a round of applause for the end of taking as it is. <laughs> Trust so. in the process. No more, Sam Eagie. Gail Benson is making news, man. That was awesome. Yeah. That was, that was exciting to I watch mean, for once. I tuned in at 7 p.m. on... Did Gail Benson know this was going to happen? I don't know. But you had... That's the way a lottery should be. You had New Orleans and Memphis with a 6% chance in this system to get the number one pick. Who else you had, had a 6% chance? Dallas? How that Dallas had it, too. <laughs> <and> <laughs> yes. Hey man, how's that number 37 pick looking? No, it's looking fantastic. I, it is. I wonder if y'all are going to get... Hey, who knows? You know, we'll use whatever. But you had the top three, New York, Cleveland, and Phoenix with a 14% chance. You guys like this new system because they changed it to where the bottom three would have an even shot. Now, it didn't work out in anybody's favor. But do you like this new style of the system? I love it. I love it. I actually tuned into the draft lottery. Normally, I wouldn't do that. I would just watch the recap, honestly. Like, I actually tuned in to watch it because I was excited. I mean, it's nobody's fault they're that awful besides themselves. If they want to get better... Draft better, doesn't matter where you're at, and uh, develop better, and you can be a good team. That's what the Warriors did. Look where they're at now. It's kind of funny for Knicks fans. The looks of disappointment. Hey, you're like, so amazing. Zion's coming to New York. Zion's younger brother's coming to New York. I've never seen a fan base so disappointed get the number three overall. It's the Knicks. You know, everything's been disappointing. Everything in New York. Just the Mets. I mean, we Knicks, have I mean, just everything. It's Yankees having everyone injured. Daniel Jones. Well, well, on top, baby. Yankees are looking good. But it's oh, the yeah. Mets. The Mets. Yeah, you know, yeah, that, Barry, yeah. We get Judge back. Uh, the old Daniel Jones pick. They got the wrong dude prospect. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's, That's all it it's tough to if you're a Knicks fan right now. Maybe with this draft. I mean, there is excitement. You get the number three pick, but it's not Zion. So sorry. Um, okay, so predictions for draft night. Any trades that you think are going to go down before the draft, during the draft, or any trades that you want to see happen? Al Horford might get traded in the draft night. I think he can do. Al Horford, I believe. I don't think he's He's an unrestricted free. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, they were trying to work out with the Celtics, but now he looks like he's on the move. 
I'd watch the number four pick. I think that gets bounced around. Maybe watch the Pelicans trying to trade up to get RJ Barrett to pay off his eye on. They've got a lot of trade bait now. Hogs may prepare number eight, number ten for number four. I've seen them in trying to do that, so we'll see if they are successful yeah. with that. Same press too. Yeah. As much crap as we give this guy. Who gives him um, crap? Think, he's one of the greatest GMs in the league. He is. Yeah, he's got unlucky the last few years. Like the last really great player that he drafted was Stephen Adams through that, you know, James Harden trade. But at the same time, um, he does have a great pension for you know making a good trade on draft day, and I think that he might come in with a dark horse and just be like, yo, I have these pieces, potentially Stephen Adams, 21 pick, you want to trade up for one of your picks. I wouldn't say trade for a pick. They're in a win-now mode. They're going to trade for a veteran if they trade at all. Watch them trade their pick and Stephen Adams get a veteran player and a second-round pick and get him to develop. I don't see the Thunder using their, their picks to move up in the draft at all. I, I don't them. see I them see trading their players. Yep. Uh, someone said on Twitter, um, it was an NBA, I forgot who it was, it was an NBA writer, um, that put out that the Thunder are looking to trade the 21st pick and shed salary, which they made Stephen Adams, Andre Roberson, and Dennis Schroeder available in trades to get under the luxury tax. That could be a big night yeah. of Thunder fans tomorrow. I don't know why so, you trade Schroeder, man. If they trade Steven why. Adams, who's going to be your center? And that's a big problem. Yeah. You don't have another right. big watch, man that's really going to Watch uh, the Wizards be a trade partner. Get Bradley Bill and Dwight Howard. Watch it happen. Maybe the Suns, maybe trade in the Hall, and get maybe number six. So you all think the Thunder are going to be doing something for draft? I, think, Something's I, gonna I, happen I do not think they're going to pick a number 21 overall. That thing's going to get moved. I mean, I could see them moving up to maybe the, like, maybe, like, 8 to 14 range, I would say. I, I just don't see them moving up to get a prospect. They just need a shooter, man. They I mean, yeah. Shooter, they're, and they're going to be shooters at 21 if that's all they need. But yeah, that's they, all they need. They need yeah. more if they need. They need that. Just, just take Kevin Porter, man. Take In all fairness, we did see Sam Preston getting Paul George for Sabonis and Oladipo. He surprised us before. Um, his Trey Ackman is excellent, in my opinion. Um, I think. Okay, yeah, that was that was a small blight, but we can forgive that. But I think, I think he might pull something out of his hat of tricks here. The way I look at what Sam Presti's done, he's built a great team that is great in the regular season, mm -hmm. but a constant disappointment come playoff time. And a part of that is Russell Westbrook. And I'm sorry to say, he is the icon. But if I was running it, and this would be totally unpopular for Oklahoma City. I would trade Russell Westbrook and build around Paul George, and you can trade Westbrook and get whatever you want. Another star, picks, whatever. It's not going to happen. But it's what? not going to happen. But he's done great in the regular season and you know, triple doubles. I mean, this guy's insane. Great okay. basketball player. But they're going to continue to just circle around in mediocrity in the playoffs. And, and Russell Westbrook will not win a championship in Oklahoma City. This team will not win. Because this team is set for, we can be great, but we're going to fall apart. Whether our shooting, our defense, of course you can't. With injuries, you can't. You know, It just happens, of course. There are a few pieces of the way to be contenders, especially the West. Well, they're, they're contenders sure. right now, yeah. but they they fall flat come playoff time. The, the, I don't think it's Westbrook. Saying Westbrook can't win a championship is not fair. It's, it's Paul George. That doesn't, doesn't ever show up in the playoffs. It's kind, of, it's kind of like when you go to McDonald's and you order a double quarter pounder and they forget the top bun. What? I mean, both, <laughs> those, both those guys have been to conference finals before. Russ has been to a finals before. Just like, 
They've done it before. They've, they've proven that they can do it. They've also had to go against a super team and if, I mean, yeah. the Warriors the past few years. If this Thunder team's like looking amazing, an injury's going to happen. That's just what happens to this team, too. Well, at the same every time, year. though, we haven't seen the West without the Warriors being mentioned as uh, it's gonna be a basically the write-in for the West in the finals. I mean, this is basically blown open at this point, and I think Wild Wild West again. But it's yeah. not like the Thunder were losing to the Warriors in the playoffs. They were well, losing the Joe Eagles and the Jazz. Yeah, they're losing to Portland. Okay, well Portland made it a heck of a lot further than we thought it would this season. Uh, Damian Lillard had the series of his life. Yeah. He was the greatest player on the planet for those seven games. I really think games. what the Thunder needs is to try and find a way to keep Stephen Adams. Um, and then I also think it's Stephen Adams and the stretch pick. Try and get shoot. someone in that in that four spot, like a stretch four, someone, someone who can space the floor, open lanes. They just need to get lucky. That's all the NBA is luck. Bring in a shooter. Bring in a shooter, a couple shooters, three, four more shooters. Schroeder, you need a backup point guard because that team is garbage. Trade shooter, get Carson Edwards. Without Westbrook on the floor, that bench is awful. Yeah. Every year. So, okay, so we talked a lot about the Thunder. Let's talk about the rest of the league now. Y'all ready to kind of break down these picks? Okay, so what we're going to do, we're going to talk, break them down in in, in groups of five. And uh, so, Braxton, I'll start with you if you'd like. We're going to just name your top five picks, and then we'll go around the room. We'll discuss it. All right, number one, no surprise, Bull Bull. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. Zion, number one. All right, LaVar. LaMelo Ball. (laughs) Shoot, he's going number one next year, so. Yeah, John Morant, number two. RJ Barrett, Nick's already said they're going to draft him for sure. And then Darius Garland, and then Cam Reddish to Cleveland. He's still not going to add much to Cleveland, but good pick. Uh, my Obviously, I think our top three looks the same. Um, I'm going to go ahead and state this. Zion, John, and RJ Barrett. Um, my fourth, though, this is where it gets interesting. I do have the Pelicans picking this, and I think this is the final piece they need for their young core. I have them picking Jared Culver. So, made to the national championship game, Big 12 player of the year, 18.5 points per game, 6.4 rebounds per game, 3.7 assists per game. Um, I think, really, he truly has one of the highest basketball IQs in this draft. I think he's the piece that New Orleans is missing to get to that point where it's a young or playoff contender. And be a defensive anchor, too. Mm-hmm. And then, five for the Cavs, I have him getting DeAndre Hunter. Um, great two-way player, and he's 43.8% for the three-point line which is pretty good. I think that that's something that Cleveland needs. Yeah, my top three are obviously probably the same Zion, John, RJ. Number four, I've got Jarrett Culver. Um, I would watch the Hawks maybe moving up to number four, packaging number eight, number ten, trying to pair uh, Jarrett Culver with Trey, possibly in uh, Atlanta. I've seen him play twice um, while working with the basketball team. He's a nice offensive player to take off the dribble, finish at the rim, he's strong. Um, he's got a nice good range pull-up. And then at number five, we've got DeAndre Hunter uh, to the Cavs. He's probably the best defender in this draft. Potential 3 and D kind of a guy. And we all know that's very valuable in today's NBA game. Uh, so that's my top five. Yeah, obviously the top three are the same here too. But there's been rumors of the Pelicans wanting to trade up and get R.J. Barrett. But that doesn't happen. I see them picking Cam Reddish to pair another couple of uh, Duke teammates to help that camaraderie a little bit. And then number five, I have the Cavs picking... Darius Garland to help out their point guard woes. Just overall, they just need help. Best um, player available type of thing. 
Sweet. So for my top five, top three are the same, Zion, John, RJ. Um, I'm actually the same with uh, Jacob and Trevor here. Number four, I do have Jarrett Culver. Um, with Alfred Payton and Julius Randle leaving that team uh, for the Pelicans, you know, uh, he, Culver would be great. Um, and then Cleveland, I've got DeAndre Hunter as well. The Cavs allowed 116.7 points uh, per 100 possessions, which was the worst def differential in the last 13 years. And there was an, I saw an article recently that said John Beeline is interested in DeAndre Hunter, so this would be a great fit for the Cleveland Cavaliers. So, I mean, there's not much debate on the top three. We've all got it. But on that four and five, there was some differential. Um, you know, thoughts on that, guys? Uh, it's, uh, you can't tell. You never know. Yeah. You never know. No matter, every expert has it different. Just a matter of fit, where a team thinks they want, how they think their team's best fit around the guy. What other team in front of them does, it's just – you never know, it's dominoes. Good luck guessing. That's true. Mine's I mean, right. I think, you know, like just looking at the stats, um, I really, I do like Jared Culver in that spot. Um, and really just, I think for me, what the Pelicans are looking for at this point, because, you know, you're kind of getting the inside with Zion at this point. Um, you know, you have Lonzo potentially alley of the tomb. Um, you do need some. Yeah, Lonzo's average at 40. He ain't passing the ball. He's going to shoot threes, hit some ducks. Kind of far. Um, <laughs> but uh, I really I see Culver being a great fit, and that's why I picked him there. Um, and I just think, really, what it comes down to is just kind of really what our personal opinions yeah. are on this. And it just sounds like the Pelicans want to pair Zion off his college teammate, and they won't be able to get RJ if they want. So, Cam, let's be real here. Cam Reddish, he had Paul George comparisons coming out of high school. I mean, yeah, but there's been some time bad were, college players turned into NBA All Stars. He really underwhelmed, though, at Duke. There have been underwhelming college stars turned into NBA All Stars. Okay, they yeah, have but at the same time, I really just don't feel that he's good. I would personally, at this, this is what I would personally do if I was running the Pelicans. I would probably just go with someone who. And he's good at mid-range, you know, driving, three, just kind of a great all-around. Not a really excelling at one thing is deficient in others, but just someone just, who's really all-around. You just described Cam Reddish. No, it's Jared Culver. Culver. Jared Culver does it better. Uh, that's they're, they're, they're even. They're equal. Hey, uh, I thought you were talking bad. about me. I mean, my shot's pretty good <laughs> uh, once every bad. 20 days. I, yeah. So, anything else? No. Um, I mean, I was just going to say uh, how uh, – Cam Reddish, uh, how does that uh, Final Four spot look? That happened. Uh, Culver oh. made it there. Reddish shouldn't. So. All right, looking at the past to go to the future. All yeah. right, let's go to our next block, six through ten. Braxton, who you got? All right, Jared Culver from the Texas Tech. And then Kobe White, you got DeAndre Hunter, Naser Little, and then Jackson Hayes. That's my six through ten. Uh, I have Kobe White going six. Um, DeAndre Ayton himself said that the Suns needed a point guard. Um, he's averaged 16.1 points per game, 3.5 rebounds per game, 4.1 assists per game. Um, he's, of, he's drawn a lot of comparisons to Jamal Murray, and he's an 80% free throw shooter. What do you got, Trevor? Yeah, I got a six. I got Darius Garland the Suns. Obviously, he was hurt for most of last year. He only played five games. Uh, number seven, I've got Kobe White to the Bulls. Be a nice guard to pair with Lloyd Markin in that fast break, kind of an offense kind of thing. Uh, number eight, I have Cam Reddish. Uh, potential three and D kind of guy who can take it off the bounce and create his own shot. Number nine, Rui Hachimura from Gonzaga. I think he's 
nice inside score with a nice elbow jumper. He can be a real nice pair of John Wall, the Wizards. And then number 10, Jackson Hayes to the Hawks. He's a real nice uh, seven footer from Texas. Aggressive rim protector. He's going to get a lot of blocks for you. So uh, that's my 6 10. <sighs> Mine are pretty much completely different. Uh, the Suns, I had them drafting DeAndre Hunter, like you said, the best defender in the class, uh, in, the, uh, in this draft class. To pair with uh, their offensive-minded team helped that out a little bit. Number seven, I have the Bulls picking a point guard. They much need Kobe White. And number eight, this is where my biggest surprise comes. Jared Culver falling down to the Hawks, allowing them not to have to trade up, fall right into the laps. That's my biggest draft night surprise. And then number nine, I have the Wizards taking Sikoi Dumboya. Have fun saying that, kiddos. And number ten, I got the Hawks taking Jackson Hayes to help their front court depth because they're going to be in need of that whenever they pair Jared Culver and Trey Young. And John Collins, they're center away from growing into contender. And Jacob, do you forget yeah, to mention I, your other picks? Go I ahead. Forgot, I'm trying to go ca caffeine less this summer, um, but I was going to say for the Bulls, um, I'm having to pick Darius Garland. They also really just need up point guard, mainly a point guard. Um, really, the whole only appearing in five games before season and doing service rating, um, this just kind of seems like a Bulls pick. You know what I mean? Is injuries? <laughs> Not necessarily, but just kind of like a little bit less data on him and just a little bit more wanting to take risk. Um, and so I do see Darius Garland going there, although he did shoot 47.8% from the three-point line. Um, I have Cam Reddish falling to uh, eight to the Hawks. Um, you know, I think a lot of his issues were that he was stuck behind Zion and RJ Barrett. But at the same time, I just don't think there's enough data on him for um, Pelicans to take with number four, anyone to take in that range. Right. That's what I kind of have him there. Um, nine, I have Siku Domboya. Um, he plays professionally in France. I have no stats on this guy. Washington needs help from anywhere. And ten, I have Jackson Hayes going to the Hawks. Um, kind of good value combo with Trey. Okay, for my picks, number six for Phoenix, I've also got Darius Garland. I like the potential of Garland, Booker, T.J. Warren, Mikel Bridges, and DeAndre Aiden. That's a, that's a pretty good uh, rotation right there. Number seven to Chicago, I have Cam Reddish. Number eight to Atlanta, I've got Nasir Little. Um, and number nine, I've got Kobe White. Of course, with John Wall out pretty much this whole year, you could put him in as a rookie and see what he can do at, at point for them. As he did as a freshman with uh, you know UNC, uh, he did a really good job controlling that offense. I think he can do it in the NBA. And then the number 10 pick, I've actually got, I've looked at where this guy was in a couple of different mock drafts, and he was low. I brought him up to number 10, and that is Indiana's Romeo Langford. I've got him going to Atlanta. I know the 8 and 10 pick are two uh, kind of small forwards, but why not get that and help that position out for the Atlanta Hawks and see, you know, you can move some guys around. Of course, they're not going to just stay small forward, um, you know, move around a little bit. Uh, his thing is he's 27% on three-pointers last season, so he'll have to work on that. But if that's not his game, still, he averaged 16 points a game. So this is a good, I think, a good pickup for the Atlanta Hawks. Any thoughts real quickly, fellas, on the 6 through 10? You just never know in these types of things. Like Romeo Lake, you said, could be one of the top five players in this draft class, but his injury history and his overall college game have put some question marks on it. Allowed him to, I like him to fall in the 20s or second round even. Or it can be his pick as high as number 10. Uh, I mean, 6 through 10, it's where the draft actually happens. It's where teams pick uh, players they weren't expected to pick. It's where teams blow them or put on the hot seat. It's where the fun happens. One team that I think is really set up for next year, it's the Hawks. 
They got eight and ten. They got Trey Young. Who they just bring in? They got Prince or no? They got well, they got John Prince. Collins. They got Collins. They had John Collins though. Well, yeah, they got rid of Prince. Yeah, they got rid of Prince. And then yeah, they, yeah well, they're yeah. just set up, man. They're definitely set up. Especially they're super young. Trey Young is balling. I think that team's good to go. Yeah, Young and Collins, that combo is, I mean, that's fun to watch. And, and they, they did a lot of special things last season. So you really expect the Hawks to take, maybe be a surprise team to take a big jump next year. Um, but, yeah, they're going to only continue to get better with some really talented core. This is one of the better draft classes that we've had in a while. So it's a really nice opportunity for them having three first-rounders in this draft. And really build around Trey and John Collins, both teams that want to build in Atlanta. For sure. But I was going to say as well, um, there are there is a lot of uncertainty with some of these players. Um, I know I brought up Darius Garland at the same time. Um, obviously, you know we can see people move down, we can see people move up. Um, I really, I mean, I do like Atlanta picking Hamrish and Jackson Hayes. All right, moving on to the next block, we've got the 11 through 15. That's Minnesota, Charlotte, Miami, Boston via Sacramento, and Detroit. Braxton, we'll start with you. I did not know we were going 11 through 15. But I got Brandon Clark, and then I got what? I Brandon Clark, yeah, number eleven. I got Rui Hachimura, number twelve, and then Sekoue Dumboy. I'm just kidding, Dumboy. Yeah, sound like Dumboy. Number thirteen, PJ Washington, fourteen Celtics, and then Romeo, my Romeo Langford to the Pistons at fifteen. Uh, I actually, um, Matt, I agree with you on Romeo Langford, um, although I think he's going to be in 11 with the Timberwolves. Um, I do agree with you on that whole three-point shooting percentage, though. Um, Hornets, I actually have them getting Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Um, he's able to guard multiple positions. Um, probably takes a lot of the pressure off of Kemba here. Um, and 16.1 points per game. Um, then for the Heat, I have P.J. Washington. Um, he's a stretch for 42.3% from three. Led Kentucky in points per game and rebounds per game. Um, Celtics, I have Rui Hachimura. Um, and I really think that he can provide nice spacing for them. Uh, the Pistons, I have Tyler Hero um, going there. Um, and definitely he would um, fill that kind of two-guard hole for Detroit. Yeah, number 11 for me, I got Sakua Dumboya to the Timberwolves. Dumboya. Tyler Hero out of Kentucky, uh, one of the best pure shooters in this draft class. And then uh, the Heat at 13, they're in need of some wing help, so I got them drafting Keldon Johnson. 14 Celtics, they're losing a lot this year. Best available, probably going to be Rui Hachimara out of there. And then 15, uh, the Pistons are also in need of wings and point guards, so I've got them drafting a boomer bust guy in Kevin Porter, who can kind of be a, one of the best players in this draft class if he goes does well or one of the worst if he sucks. 
All right, so for number 11, I've got Brandon Clark from Gonzaga. This is an interesting pick because putting him with Cat, this could be one of the best uh, front court duos down the road. I mean, this is he. This is a guy that has 16.9 points a game, 8.6 rebounds a game for Gonzaga. Number 12, I've got Jackson Hayes from Texas. Um, this was a guy 10, po uh, 10 points a game, 5 rebounds a game, 2.2 blocks a game. So Jackson Hayes did a good job for Texas, and he could really help out uh, Charlotte. Miami with 13, I've got Tyler Hero from Kentucky. Number 14, I've also got Rui Hachimura uh, with Horford on the way out. This could be a big, big, a great big man to help the Celtics. And number 15, I've got Nikhil Alexander-Walker from Virginia Tech. Any thoughts on that? I saw that you know we had Tyler Hero a lot mentioned in this, Rui Hachimura. Uh, Trevor, I kind of want to ask you, why did you put Nasir Little down in this block? I, I think a couple of us had him up higher. You're the only yeah, one that put him uh, down here. Had kind of a disappointing year at UNC this last season. He kind of struggled offensively. Came off the bench quite a bit for them. Uh, he was a five-star coming out of high school, so there's obviously a lot of potential there with him. I've just yet to see it out of him, especially what he did at UNC this past season. All right, cool. All right, so the next block, we've got the 16 through 20 picks. That's Orlando, Atlanta via Brooklyn, Indiana, San Antonio, and another Boston Celtics pick. Braxton, what do you got for number 16 going to Orlando? Tyler Hero with two R's, weird, weird way to spell hero. And then Nickel Alexander Walker to the Hawks. Then we got Grant Williams, and then Goga Bidazi, and then we got Bol Bol. My number one pick right there. All right, um, I actually, I agree with Trevor on Nasir Little. I put him at number 16 going to the Magic. I mean, the numbers just aren't there. 26.9% from three, 9.8 points per game. 4.6 rebounds per game, 0.7 assists per game. I think I'm being fairly generous with where his numbers are at right now. He's developing, and the Magic is kind of a low-stress environment for him. Hawks, I have them getting bowl bowl, um, 21 points a game, 52% from the three-point line, 9.6 rebounds per game. My only question is... Two centers in the first round. I like it for the Hawks. <laughs> you got them drives in. Bold. <laughs> um, my thing is, can he space as well in the NBA as he did in college, just so that way he can create those three-point opportunities? Right. He was making space down on the bench. Five <laughs> seats down there, his boot on. At the same time, though, Brandon Clark, uh, I have him going to the Pacers. Um, really good compliments to Bonus and Miles Turner. Um, great on both ends of the court. Um, 16.9 points per game. Spurs, I have them getting Kelvin Johnson with 13.5 points per game. Um, he's really pretty much a plug and play. Adds a compliment to DeRozan. Celtics, I have them getting Ty Jerome. Kind of a safe pick, high basketball IQ. Just really good at just being good. Makes sense. 16 for me, I got Nikhil Alexander Walker going to the Magic. 17, I got Romeo Langford teaming up with the Hawks. Uh, 18, I got Brandon Clark going to the Pacers. I like what you said about him uh, pairing well with Turner and Sabonis down low. Uh, 19, I got Bol Bol going to the Spurs. Uh, be a nice pairing with uh, DeMar DeRozan and uh, Marcus Aldridge there in San Antonio. And then at 20, I got the Celtics taking Kelvin Johnson. Uh, I think he'd be a nice addition to help him down in the front court. Yeah, once again, similar to the other guys. Uh, 16, the Magic, they're in need of shooting, like a lot of teams, and Cameron Johnson, I feel like, is the best overall player there that has a um, great three-point jump shot. And at 17, I got the Hawks, uh, taking a boomer bust again kind of guy, and Miondu Cavangeli. Uh, is an overseas kind of guy, so not 
don't know a lot about him, but overseas guys I've worked out before, and Giannis and Luka, so big boomer gusts guy there. And the Pacers, I've got them picking Nikel Alexander-Walker. I've got him falling down a little bit, falling on the Pacers' lap. And then 19th got the Spurs helping out their center position and drafting Bull Bull, the best player in this draft class, according to our one the bar ball over here. And then the Celtics, I've got them drafting P.J. Washington right here. So, so this 19 through 11 range is a little... I don't know where anybody's going to go, so you just kind of got to guess, and this is where my expertise tells me they're going to go. So for 16, I, I, I went with kind of a – it all depends on if, if the Magic know that Nikola Vucevic is leaving. I'm interested in seeing a Mo Bamba bowl, bowl combo at center. Um, I think that would be something kind of fun to watch for that team. So I have Bull Bull going to Orlando. 17, I have Ty Jerome out of Virginia. 18, I have Kevin Porter with Tyreek Evans suspended for drug use or for violating the drug policy. He's suspended for two years. Uh, you know, some All guard right, help. <laughs> yeah, some guard help for the Pacers would be needed. So I've got Kevin Porter. For San Antonio, they do need some uh, help at center. I've got Goga Bidadazi. Um, and then I also agree with you, Caleb, for 20, I've got P.J. Washington going to the Celtics. So, again, as you were kind of saying, uh, you know, at this point, a lot of moving parts. We don't know what this is going to look like. I found it interesting, though, a couple Ty Jerome's, uh, P.J. Washington's. Um, you know, when we get this far down in the draft, you yeah. wonder if there'll be another trade here. Yeah, if, the odds are most of these teams don't even have these picks by now. There's going to be – there's an average of, what, 10 trades per draft night in the first round? Or is that NFL? It's NBA, NFL, one, two. There's going to be a lot of trades, and you know, that's the hard part of making mock drafts because the majority of these teams you pick players to go to are going to trade it to another team with different needs. You wonder if the Pacers would be a team that that maybe could be making a trade. I'm not saying to move up, you know, maybe maybe they move down or you know try to you know get a player or two in a, in a trade because they they desperately do need some some extra help, and and this Pacers team especially at their guard help. Uh, you wonder if they if they're a team maybe a sleeper team that they may make a trade tomorrow. Yeah, I think they could because they got um, Oladipo, Sabonis. That team was doing really good until Oladipo, Oladipo got injured, not a, or was out for the rest of the year. But that team is definitely one player away from doing pretty good in the East. And there is always a possibility that they could get a good bench player and then just sign someone big in free agency because they do have the cap space for a next player. All right, Paul George. <laughs> Years. All right, so moving, continue moving down. We got the 21 through 25. This is Oklahoma City, Boston, Memphis via the Utah pick, Philadelphia, and Portland. Braxton, who's Oklahoma City taking if they still got the pick and don't get rid of it? They need, they need some shooters, man. So Kevin Porter Jr. Um, I, they need a shooter. Oklahoma City desperately needs one. And then I got Ty Jerome going to the Celtics, Cameron Johnson to Memphis, Mafudu Kabingala. <laughs> to the Sixers with Embiid, and then Kelvin Johnson to Portland. I was going to say, for me, Caleb, you're going to like this pick because I know this is your favorite player in this draft. I have Dylan Windler going. Dylan Windler, the most underrated player in this draft class, boys. 21.3 points per game, 10.8 rebounds per game, 2.5 assists per game, 42.9% from three-point, and the he faces baller. the major problem for the Thunder, three-pointers. The uh, last in the NBA in three-pointers that were made. He's not wrong. So, <laughs> it, Dylan Windler. I would love that pick. I, I have the stat that they were they shot 34.8% as a team. From yeah. yeah, this is a no negativity zone, Matt. No well, negativity zone. So uh, I'm going to inject some negativity into this. <laughs> Did you see that damn Portland series? Let's be real. Guys. It was bad from three-point. It 
was, and that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. Trevor, what do we got? Wait, did you? Did you <laughs> I just kept doing it. I think you still got 23. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's twice now, Clements. <laughs> uh, this was not, not my fault. Celtics, um, I have them getting Cameron Johnson. Um, he'll help bench, great shooter. Not really a lot to say about him. Grizzlies, I have them getting Admiral Schofield. Um, the Admiral. Yep. Backbone of number one in Tennessee. That was four, that was four weeks during the season. He's going to bring much-needed shooting to Memphis, and I think that he can pair nice to the job. Um, Sixers, I have them getting um, Dort. I have no idea how to say his first name. Pac-12 freshman of the year, 1.5 steals a game. Blazers, I have them getting Grant Williams. Um, he's a good backup for uh, Ennis Kanter, um, and as well, um, he's not as athletic, but I still think he can do a little bit of conditioning that got for it. At 21, I got the Thunder team, Cameron Johnson from North Carolina. He's probably the best shooter in this draft. Shot 45% from beyond the arc last year. Uh, made 96 threes, averaged 17 points. I think he's really going to help the Thunder with their shooting problems, obviously. He's a 6'9", so he's a big man who can help him space the floor a little bit. Um, 22, I got Ty Jerome. And then 23, I have Dylan Windler. Your boy from Belmont helped him get to the NCAA tournament this year. Very nice year from him. 24, I have Eric Pascal from Villanova. And then 25, I have the big man from Maryland, Bruno Fernando. Those are good picks. I've got my hometown Thunder team uh, selecting Romeo Linkford. I think his injury problems are allowed him to fall down to the Thunder's lap. They need shooting, but he will be the best available. I know Sam Pesci loves developmental players. He will be a perfect fit for the Thunder. He can develop a jump shot. Uh, I've got the Celtics taking Daniel Gofford. Uh, the Grizzlies are going to get Brandon Clark, another good big man, after they lost Marcus Saul in their uh, trade early in the year. I've got the 76ers taking Dylan Windler. Again, my favorite player in the draft. High basketball IQ, four-year college player. My, in my opinion, the best shooter in this draft class and just overall an absolute baller. The future Manu Ginobili. And then 25, I got the Blazers taking KZ Akapala. They are in need of some boards. They've got their uh, backcourt taken care of for years to come just to stir up that front court. Hopefully get lucky there with the 25 pick. So Trevor, I agree with you on 21. I've got Cameron Johnson going to the Thunder. Another thing, 81% free throw uh, percentage. Yeah, send, yeah, send him to the line. Boston, I've also I've got uh, Nathandu Kabangale uh, from Florida State. Um, Memphis, I've got Grant Williams from Tennessee. 76ers, Keldon Johnson from Kentucky, and I agree with you, Caleb Portland taking KZ Akpala from Stanford, a guy that had 17 points a game, 5.7 rebounds per game. So um, inter interesting picks, and of course, again, as we get further down, we have no clue if this oh, yeah. is what it's going to look like. But This is like trying to shoot fish in a barrel right now. But yeah, but we do agree, if the Thunder have the pick, they need shooting. Right? They can't be that hard, right? Because they're only All right, all right. And the last final block, the 26 through 30, this is the Cleveland, Brooklyn, Golden State, San Antonio, Milwaukee. Well, not Milwaukee. Yeah. Now Detroit. Detroit. And Braxton, let's go ahead and start with you. KZ Akpala to the Cavs. And then we got Eric Pichal, Nicholas Claxton to the Warriors. Let's see what he does with him. And then Juma Okiki. Ooh, Kiki. And then Dylan Windler. I was going to say, uh, 26, I have uh, Goga going to the Cavs. Um, already has professional experience. Cleveland needs anyone. I think that's another thing we can agree on. Nets, I have been getting Kevin Porter Jr. 41.2% um, 
Ford going to the Cavs. 27, I've got Lugan Stort from Arizona State going to the Nets. 28, Darius Basley to the Warriors. 29, I got Carson Edwards, the stud from Purdue. Averaged 25 points a game last year. Had a crazy NCAA tournament. Had 26 in the first round, 42 against Villanova, 29 against Tennessee, and then 42 again in that crazy overtime loss to Virginia. Uh, so I think he's going to be a real uh, real quality guy to get this late in the draft. And then at 30, I've got Grant Williams from Tennessee. Yeah, like 26. Earlier you said the Cavs had an atrocious defense. I've got them picking the Pac-12 defensive player of the year in Matisse Teibel. Uh, 27, I got the Nets picking Grant Williams. Uh, 28, the Warriors, Grant Williams. Or, That's weird. <laughs> Grant Williams. He's going to two teams. This is a first time. There is Bagley. The Warriors. Spurs, I've got them drafting their next mod in Ginobili and Ty Jerome. Just sir, such a very Spurs pick right there. And then the uh, Pistons, drafting number 30, are in need of point guard Carson Edwards, number 30. Allow uh -huh. some scoring for them. Help Lee Griffin out. Make sure he's not the only one there anymore. That's some good picks. Uh, for the 26, I've got Cleveland taking Bruno Fernando for Maryland. Uh, 27, I've got another Luka in the league. Lukas Semenek from Croatia. Uh, 28, I've got Lewins Dort from Arizona State going to Golden State. Uh, San Antonio, I've got Eric Paschkel from Villanova. And then I also agree with the Pistons pick, Carson Edwards, going number 30 to wrap out. I think he can first round. this draft yeah, what he did in the tournament was fun to watch. Oh, yeah. That one game that went, what was it, overtime? I'm trying to remember who they were playing. Virginia. Versus Virginia. Yeah. Who's everybody still yeah. in the draft? Who's your still in the draft now? Well, you know, it, I mean, Carson Edwards, I, it, putting him in there, because I've seen in a lot of mock drafts, he's either going to go second round or maybe he can sneak in the first. Yeah, and it ha I think Carson right Edwards, if, he, if we see when he gets lights out, you can't stop him. Yeah. So I'd go Carson Edwards. My steal is Dylan Windler, as high as he's going. Um, I just, you know, leading Belmont to the tournament, um, and really just everything that he's done, I think that he's going to be really good, and I would love to see him go to the Thunder. That's true. I'm stuck between two guys here. My steal either being Cam Reddish or Bobol. Like, probably going to lean more towards Bobol. He's deeper in the draft, and he's got injury concerns. Usually the best steal is those with injury concerns. Overcome them when I get to the league. So I see Bobo being the steal this year's draft. Now, I do want to ask you something, Matt. Um, the Mavs famously lost their picks to the, Hawks this, to the Hawks this year in the lottery. They only have the second round pick, pick overall number three. Let's go so, around two, boys. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is just for Matt because he's a Mavs fan. I want to make sure he's included in this. Who do you see the Mavs drafting? What are their biggest concerns? Well, that's tough. Um, the, the Mavericks right now are looking to pair for Luka and Porzingis. And so... Uh, of course, you know, if you can get another guard out of the draft and to add, add, to, add to that core, I like it. I'd even be fine getting a center and getting a young center to go with Dwight Steve Powell. Adams is up for grabs. No. <laughs> so, we're okay. We'll take a look before. No. So, we'll see what happens there. Um, but, you know, they got last year a, a big steal for them was Jalen Brunson. And he did a really good job at point for us. So I'm excited to see. Maybe they'll take someone that you know is a senior, you know, four-year guy and knows, how, you know, maybe a guy that's been in the tourney a couple of years, and that's the kind of style the Mavs like those veteran college players. Potentially, what do you think about Taco Fall? I like Taco, but he has done nothing. I mean, if he is not right under the basket, nothing. You're not getting threes. You're not getting anything from the free throw line. So he's well, fun to that's watch. All he needs to be. He just can just reach up, reach up and just dunk it. Fun to watch, but. Mm. That I really traditionally just have to translate well to the NBA game. Yeah. I so mean, whatever reason it is, I mean, you got 
for most guys like that. They just and the game's changing. Yes. Your big men shoot threes now. Yes. You're not a true big man, you know. So yeah, he's going to not make ball. it. That's not going to make it. He'll be yeah. an undrafted free agent. Some team may pick him up and maybe he'll surprise and work on some things, but he's never going to shoot a three. You don't expect oh, a, yeah. a transformation. Shaq. So, all right, so we're almost wrapping up. I want to get a few thoughts on some NBA predictions as we head into this offseason. Because after the draft, I mean, it's about to get crazy when that when this free agency starts. So, kind of what's the team you all are looking forward to that you think something's going to happen? You know, what are the Lakers going to do, the Pelicans, Celtics, Raptors? What are those teams going to do? Add a team if you want. And then where are some of the stars like Durant, Kawhi, Kimba, where are they going to go um, when this free agency period starts? I'm going to go bold here. Expect a boring free agency period. I see Kawhi going back to Toronto. Kimba going back to the Hornets. Kyrie, eh, he's, we all know he's leaving Boston. He'll probably go to the Nets. Not a huge surprise there. See Kevin Durant signing back with Golden State to rehab. Do you have one surprise? So I see Clay leaving Golden State to join LeBron, Anthony Davis, and the Lakers uniform. Mm. Yeah, it'll be wow. interesting. I mean, there's potential for a lot to happen, but I can also see quite a few big names resigning over there. I think Clay probably resigns with the Warriors. Uh, I, I can see Kawhi staying in Toronto. Um, I think Kyrie's probably going to the Nets. KD probably opts into his player option, 31 mil for next year, takes the year, sits out, waits till next offseason to sign big somewhere. Um, and then the Lakers, I mean, they got to get a guard, I think, to pair with LeBron and Anthony Davis. So I think you go, you offer the match to Clay and just see see what he's feeling. You go after Kemba. I think they, you probably go after Chris Middleton from the Bucks just to kind of test the waters a little bit. But Chris Paul. I mean, I don't know. Chris Paul. Chris Paul. I think that would that'd be nice. Um, I think. Um, Sorry, I vetoed once. <laughs> Chris Paul. Yeah. Like, so, vetoed okay. again. <laughs> So, uh, I think Kyrie's going to the Nets as well. I think Nets are probably the best team in the New York City area. Um, obviously, their ownership is more stable, all that type of stuff. I see Kyrie going there. Um, I see Chris Paul staying in Houston. I don't buy this whole drama stuff that's been going on. Chris Paul even said it himself in an Instagram comment. Well, that's um, just to get his trade value up because he's, he's getting dumped for nothing. Yeah, but at the same time, I mean, he's always been an honest person who's kind of been a straight shooter. And Are you close so to Chris Paul? Well, just based, based <laughs> on what he's saying. We have our inside scoop right here. Yeah. Chris so Paul says he has never lied to me. Based on what he said before. He told me I was pretty um, and I believed him. I think that he will stay in Houston just based on kind of that dynamic that's going on. Houston maybe adds, you know, a small role player. Hey, short hey one bench. Thing. Houston, we've got a problem. And that's the truth. Yeah. I mean, with the that's whole Van Tony situation, <laughs> yeah, Tony, they they are not a bad team. They I mean yeah. the Warriors have been their problem, and yet if they blow this team up, I mean Houston is you got a major problem. But they're getting rid of Clint Capella. It looks like they're shopping. Yeah, they're shopping. Yeah, which everybody's shopping everybody. So yeah. if he leaves, everybody wants to win. If he leaves, they're not going to do as good. If Chris Paul leaves, they're not going to do as good. They may they may be an eight seed next year. Which is hard, just hard, and they're they're not going to go far in the playoffs. Which is hard. Yeah. You've seen that play style of play in the, and it doesn't work. But yeah, I think Kyrie goes to the Nets. That's obvious. KD, I think it's smart just stay there for another year, get thirty one and a half, then go get a max, and then Clay Clay needs to leave, man. That dude just needs to go get a max. Go with the Lakers. 
That Lakers team is definitely top five in the West next year. Uh, no. With LeBron? No. no. You see what okay. he carried? Do you see what? Do you see well, what he yeah, carried? Yeah, he carried him to the tenth place. Jared Smith. Yeah, but you. Okay. He oh was my God. Ah. And then they tanked. Okay. Here's the thing, though. The Lakers, with the management concerns, that's my huge thing. Why I think they're really not going to get a big name like Clay Thompson is because of their management concerns. I mean, think about it. They've had just like a huge front office debacle this past couple of years. They're going to get somebody. They're, they're going to get somebody, but they're not going to get the space. They're getting rid of Bo Wagner and the other two nobodies that are on their team. They're trying to get the space to go offer somebody else the match. I think they do that, and they'll be fine. I mean, but it looks bad when Magic Johnson puts it roughly. No player is going to care about that. They are going to play with LeBron and Anthony Davis. They're not going to care about management. Now, all of us on the outside, Lakers have a bad management problem, and that is why they are not the dynasty that they were. They're trying to rebuild something, but they have a lot of problems with Jeannie Buss and Magic and Rob Palenka. They've got a lot of issues there, and now Magic is you know, doing his tell-all thing of the sabotage with Rob Palenka. But the players are drowning that out. They don't care. It's LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and they're right. saying if the clay leaves, dynasty's over for the Warriors. Here come the Lakers, and that's the t that's the next team that we're gonna have to watch. Uh, that. If, the, uh, if the Lakers get a decent point guard, that team is top five in the world. Well, you can get a decent, decent point, point guard. guard. Yeah, yeah, just all they need is a decent point guard. That team's number five or top five. Boys. You just need a guy that if he can barely get you, you know, double digits and you know seven or eight assists. That's I mean that would even fine for that team. Yeah. I mean, it's maybe just my opinion, but they need more than three players to win an NBA game. Three players. Yeah. It, does, it does take it does take five players to build a team, and they're using all of their not uh, half these teams. But the best player. What happens when LeBron sits out twenty games and Anthony Davis sits out twenty games? And there they go. They're missing the playoffs again. And they got to win yeah. the next. They have two top five players in the NBA. And they're they're a max spot to go off. LeBron is not injury prone. LeBron is yeah. not. They're going to be a first round exit next year. Well, I, I will six say that. Hot take. Uh, okay, six this, seed. This might be an even hotter take. I can oh, see. Um, I can see Clay leaving the Warriors, signing with a team who like needs guard help. The Thunder. And has a max contract what spot. Pay what are they going to pay him? And Trade Russ already, already has a decent amount of people. I do so like I could see him going somewhere in the East potentially. You also got Kawhi to the Clippers. Kawhi's staying in Toronto. He just wanted an NBA championship. Well, we we don't know that. And if you sell Clippers are the second option. His teammates the other day, Van Fleet and Danny Green, were like, "Yeah, we really don't know. We hope he stays, but we don't know." Kawhi is the mystery man. He doesn't say much. So you won't know until he signs that contract. Yeah, why leave the East? You're the LeBron there. Like, yeah. Why leave? You're going to the finals you every year. You can run the East for the rest of his career. Yeah, he, you can run the East. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think. He's there. I think he's well. They've in a row. Giannis proved this year he's not ready yet. Yeah. Yeah. And if I mean, Middleton leaves, beat Giannis in the East. If Middleton leaves, Giannis is a jump shot away from being the best player ever. The Milwaukee Bucks have the potential to be a really good team next year, but if they don't play any guys in the By the Hawks. The 76ers. By the Hawks. Let's go. Uh, Hawks are going to be a top five. The East has been bad for so many years. The they're they're, they're going to be in the playoffs. Sure. Yeah. Hawks will be in the playoffs oh. next year. Call them. All right, Matt. Wrap it up for us. <laughs> okay. Well, hey. Uh, thank you all for being here for this episode, and it was good, uh, you know, discussion right there for the draft. A lot of things are going to be happening in the next couple weeks that could be shaking up the NBA. I hope this is the best hour of your life you've had all year. Best.
Right, this is about to be a fun ride. Remember, you can listen to us on Spotify, Burgers and Brats. Follow us on Twitter. Leave a comment. Let us know what you think are going to be your hot takes for this draft. And uh, we'll catch you next time.